0: Hey Trekkies and welcome to Trek Freaks, a part of the Geek Freaks podcast station. I am Kevin and I am back and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Jonathan. Hey, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. I'm glad that I'm here this time, able to talk about Star Trek. I missed out last week, so
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> somebody had to play those video games from bed, <laughs> eat right. soup or whatever the story was. All right. glad you're <laughs> feeling better, though. That's great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, what episode are we talking about today?
1: Oh, today we're talking about TOS Season 1, Episode 19, Tomorrow is Yesterday.
0: I love that title. It's just, it's catchy.
1: Yeah,
0: smooth. So, I have a little bit of business to take care of. I know that last week you guys did this, but I wasn't here, and I want to also thank Stephanie, our newest patron on Patreon, and her love of Trek Freaks and Star Trek, (laughs) and I'm glad that you're supporting us. Thank you very much, and... I'm hopefully you're going to keep supporting us as we continue going where I guess other people have gone before, but we haven't. So,
1: you know, what's funny, too, is as a Star Trek fan, I listen to other Star Trek podcasts and I have heard twice now her questions being read on the Patreon uh, portion of uh, the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry.
0: Oh, shoot. So, awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like, oh, wait, I know Stephanie. She's she's <laughs> one of our
0: patrons, too. Like, that's that was she's just our fun. friend, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Well, before we get started, I've got a question for you. Ooh, shoot! If you were to make a one-way trip through time, would you prefer going backwards or forwards, and why?
1: Ooh. Okay. So I'm I'm technical. I'm over analytical. I get that. Uh, So to go backwards in time would be good only for the fact that I mean, if you if you have a specific time period you really are fond of you can go live in that time uh but you could also do like uh back to the future and you know how biff became rich because he knew the outcome of games and stuff like that so you could tailor your life to what you want possibly uh but going to the future i would i would only like to go to the future if you can see the future that you're going to stop in uh you don't want to go to a future that really sucks and then you're I mean, stuck in the future so uh, I would say I'd prefer to go to the future, but only with a caveat that my time machine can also show me where I'm at in time, and I can get a, a glimpse of where I'm stopping at.
0: I got you. I got you. Yeah, that's kind of part of why I made the caveat of the one-way trip. Yes. So that it'd be going blind into the future or going into a specific time in the past that you know where you're going. But, you know, I don't really have... <laughs> As a kid, you know, when you're watching stuff like this episode of Star Trek, it's like, oh, man, it'd be so cool to just jump to the future when mm-hmm. humanity's in spaceships and we're colonizing the, the stars and not literally the stars, but you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the wrong ones. <laughs> That's going to be hot. Right. Yeah, just a little bit. And my, my first answer is usually to go to the future, but I think I'd rather go to the past. And I don't know what point in the past because there's so many... I don't want to use the word historic because everything is technically history, but there's so many like awesome things that have happened in the past and so many horrific things that have happened in the past. It would be different reading it in a textbook than it would be living through it. And I think there's a lot of points in history that I would have loved to have lived through. Like the Crusades, they were obviously a horrific time in history, mm-hmm. But there's video games, movies, books, TV shows about it today. And Just being able to live in those times would be, I I think it'd be very cool. And I'd have obviously a very unique look at life coming from the future. I'd probably die pretty quickly regardless. But I think that'd be my answer.
1: If you had time to prepare and you kind of could, you know, obviously pick what time you're going to in the past, when would you go to and, you know, how do you think you being more prepared for it would help?
0: Honestly, I would, on your question. I would probably want to go back to sometime relatively recent, like maybe the early, no, okay, maybe the 1970s would be when I'd want to start my life and just right. start as a, you know, 30 something in the 70s or 80s and then live my life through there. And if you know, if I happen to find, you know, baby Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> give him a couple of pointers throughout life, but nothing too, nothing too drastic, you know? Nothing biff level.
1: So, you want to be in like the heyday of, well, I don't know when's the heyday of American development, but yeah, we kind of ruled the economy until now, so
0: (laughs) that'd be great. (laughs) Video games were so much more simplistic. I love video games. Uh, Pro wrestling, my other love was so much more simplistic back then. (laughs) It seems so much simpler back then, right? Right. See, I think if I was,
1: if I knew I was going to take a trip to the past and I had time to prepare for it, I would study technology and study history and the industrial revolution especially i would want to go back to that time when just technology is being developed from the ground up and be the one doing it be oh. in control of it and then you make this you know massive network because you you are like apple and google and amazon and you know all these big corporations in one because you started it from mining the materials out of the ground uh, and with that you can shape Our country and our world to some extent based on like how we see you know now women have rights and minorities have rights and all the stuff that should have happened you know eons ago you can kind of push humanity along to get to that smart point a lot faster
0: i like that i wish that yeah that's that's what i meant what john said that's what i I meant (laughs) that too okay cool cool ditto (laughs) with all that being said let us get into the warp speed recap Instead of seeing the Enterprise sailing through the stars, the episode opens on a U.S. Air Force base in the 1960s. Fighter jets land before we see Airman Webb tell someone else that he's detected something on the radar. Something fast. The other man sounds an alarm, and the jets are off to intercept. What did they detect? Well, it's the Enterprise, of course. Who'da thunk? Before nearly destroying one of the jets accidentally with the tractor beam, the Enterprise beams aboard its pilot. The man is confused, uh, but is made to understand the situation over time. From there, there are three tasks. How do we get rid of the evidence of the Enterprise being when and where it doesn't belong? What do they do with the new guest? And how do they return home? It turns out they can just beam into the base, steal the evidence, go back in time, beam the guy back to where he came from, and then do the whole thing in reverse and bing, bang, boom, they're, they're home. No big deal. That's what I've got. <laughs> nice. You can tell my bias uh, against this episode. In I that like recap. your
1: writing, though. You make it so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you missed a calling and being a writer. That was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's funny. I, I uh, sometimes think that, too, when I'm, uh, when I'm writing those things. It's, it's just all off the top of the head, too. It's like, this is how I felt when I was <laughs> watching the episode
1: that's all right we can we can work together we're gonna to start a new star trek series and pitch it to paramount and uh we'll have it started in like five years probably oh yeah I'm that's, down.
0: okay done
1: <laughs> you be the writer well, i'll just talk to you i'll be your your soundboard
0: oh i need somebody to give me the fill in the canon gaps right to there you to, go the, whenever Perfect. there's a piece of technology that i don't fully understand that's where you come. <laughs> nice
1: So the we're gonna drag you through the mud with the scene by scene <laughs> analyze this episode. Okay. So yeah. so you didn't like it. I understand the the end of it kind of wrapping up too conveniently. We see all the time in TOS.
0: Yeah, uh, it happened with the with the Gorn episode that you guys just talked about last week. It happened yeah. with a couple episodes before that. It's just it's a very f- frequent thing, and I'll get into that in my analysis at the end. But yeah, so. I did like how the episode started off um, rather than in space. It started off with a more familiar sight of the Enterprise mm-hmm. in space or in, in space in very, very low orbit or in the high atmosphere of Earth. Mm-hmm. And the, the Air Force shots, they were obviously like stock footage <laughs> videos <laughs> of of jets landing somewhere because it didn't match the quality of the video <laughs> for the rest of the episode. It's a nice yeah. use of that. Stargate does that as well.
1: Yeah, and I, I like how an Enterprise, you know, they they tractored the ship to try to, or the the jet, uh, you know, because he was going to fire on him and everything. And they unintentionally destroy his jet plane and right. then they beam him aboard. And so, we think like, well, all these situations where, you know, we have UFOs and we have fighter jets that go missing and stuff like that, they could just be accidents. A lot of people assume like we got green aliens that are abducting people and testing on them and stuff like that. And it's like, well, maybe it's somebody who was trying to say hi and they don't speak our language and their technology is not compatible with ours. So it was a, you know, a little car accident, vendor fender bender. And they're like, well, you know, let me just send you back in time and <laughs> we'll just dispose of all this uh, rubble or whatever.
0: It was a little convenient that it just so happened that they were flung to Earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If it was any other planet in the past, I don't think this episode would have been nearly as bad. Yeah, But it's so, obvious they needed a low-budget episode.
1: Did it explain? I don't remember hearing how they got flung to Earth in this different time period.
0: I, I It was something to do with when they slingshot. It was like a, a Superman thing. Like, they slingshotted around a star and yeah. somehow flung them backward in time. It was very okay. it was very Superman.
1: Yeah, because the gravi- the gravitational pull, like, you warp towards the gravity or whatever, and then you end up, you turn against it, and as it propels you, you travel through time or some magic.
0: Right. (laughs) By the logic of this episode, and there's a lot of logic gaps, and I'm probably going to bring them all up. But (laughs) the very, very end of the episode, the way to get back is they had to start going backward in time and then shoot forward in time. Does that mean that for a split second or for a couple of minutes or whatever you want to, however you define time when you're traveling through it? Um, When they went back in time at the beginning of the episode, does that mean that they shot forward in time first and then shot backward? Maybe. Right? Well. I'd be curious to see if there's like... That would make sense. Something in like st- in, uh, the next generation was like, oh, there's the Enterprise. Oh, it's gone. They <laughs> shoot forward in time just a little bit and then back, they're gone.
1: Right. That would be that'd be a Lower Decks thing for
0: sure. <laughs> right. Someone's
1: looking up at the sun like, wait, is that the Enterprise? Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, that'd
2: be great.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, uh, this this episode was kind of all over the place at the beginning. So I, I, I was on track with it from the beginning. I liked it at the beginning. Um, they were all like down and out and everybody was like they obviously went through a rough ride. And you're just watching everybody as they try to get their bearings in space, try to figure out where they are before they figure out when they are. Yeah. Um. You know,
1: one thing I think that would have kind of uh, started this out on a better footing, like you're saying, why did they just all of a sudden end up in the past at Earth? It would make sense if, like, in the previous episode, the uh, Metrons, I think it was, uh, sent them, like, across the galaxy. They were, like, 500 parsecs away, I think it was. And so, they could perfectly tie that in by saying, hey, they tried to take a shortcut. They tried to do this slingshot maneuver to get back to the Alpha Quadrant or back to Earth faster, and it worked. But, oh, crap, they're in the wrong time, you know? And just just a little line, a little something from Spock or somebody totally could have tied that thread together.
0: Yeah, I I think that would have been a little too hard for them to work out. because like, the, 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 w- the order that the episodes were shot in were not necessarily the ones that they aired in, so get, trying to get the network lined up with the production on that, I don't think that would have worked out too well, especially in the 60s. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
0: I don't like that they used the phrase time warp, like, 900 times in this episode. Like, mm. just so like, it's a common thing. Oh, we time warped. Of course, that's what happened. That's what we did. We time warped. Well, th-
1: Because warping is how they travel through space. And now it's like, well, we didn't travel through time. We warped through time. (laughs) I don't know. I
0: don't know. It came across as really cheesy. I I know it's it's the original series. So I'm going to let that one go. Oh, Spock did warn that the jet might be too fragile for their Mm -hmm. tractor beam. But they kind of ignored it. And I mean, what were they going to do? Let the guy go after they saw, you know, a ship from the 23rd century? Uh, Probably not.
1: And I imagine, like, their their tractamine's got to have, uh, you know, a knob, right? Like, a sensitivity. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, so, if you're tractoring, like, a person that happens to be outside the ship and you need to keep them from getting pulled in by gravity or whatever, like, you could tractor a person and it doesn't crush their body, right? Right. I'm pretty sure somebody just wasn't manning the the tractor knob.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't turn it from, uh, like, Romulan vessel down to... World War II fighter jet. Right, yeah. Uh, when they beam the guy on board and Kirk introduces himself, did you notice the weird lighting? Like, it was evil lighting on Kirk's face.
1: Yeah, and they do that every once in a while. I don't know. I don't get why. We saw that in another episode where he wasn't trying to be sinister. Yeah. But it's like they, they want the other people on stage to be, like, afraid of him or something or intimidated. Maybe that's to make him look, you know, powerful, but... Yeah, it's a little bit of a horror movie kind of vibe.
0: That's what I got from it too. I wonder if it's them trying to like make his eyes pop, mm, like maybe without using too much eyeshadow or something. I I don't know. It it threw me off because I thought that Kirk was very nonchalant about. Oh, we got a guy from the nineteen sixties on our ship. Welcome to our ship. Um, yeah, we're from the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very nonchalant about it. I was like, is this gonna be like mirror universe, Kirk? <laughs> like. I almost thought that was what it was going for for a second. Like right. that would have made the episode even better.
1: And they I mean they do they not yet have they must already have the prime directive where they're not supposed to interact with people out of time, right? So they kind of let this guy slip in a little a little easier than Janeway would at
0: least. So I don't know, obviously then they never talked about the temporal prime directive until like Voyager, I think it was. Yeah. Um you would think though with space travel I don't know. I don't know what's, what what uh, time travel stuff was like back in the '60s in science fiction. I wasn't like a '60s Doctor Who fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it if they had differing opinions on what time travel was like because you know Marvel the Marvel universe has its own laws mm-hmm. of time travel. The Star Trek universe somehow ended up tying its laws of time travel together. Um, they didn't have any of that back then, and. It's it's pointed out in, D, in Deep Space Nine, there's an episode where uh, the crew from DS9 actually go back to the Enterprise era and mm-hmm. Temporal Affairs is questioning them about everything. And like, yeah, we did. We hate Kirk or wh- whatever. Like, that. He, <laughs> he always time traveled and always broke the broke all the codes. The man was a menace, basically. So they reference it later on, at least. But I don't yes. think that that happened back then.
1: Yeah, and even in the regular Prime Directive, they're not supposed to interact with a pre-warp society, which, you know, Earth at this time is. Right. But, I, I mean, they are, you know, trying to, like, steal the evidence and tiptoe around or whatever, but they're just doing a bad job at it. The way he brings the guy in and like, well, don't tell him everything, but, you know, we got to keep him comfortable while he's here. He's not a prisoner. But, uh, I don't know, you think they would have a a contingency? Like, they'd be prepared for this kind of situation a little more?
0: Like, one of the first back and forths that they had was on the turbo lift. And uh, he says something about his jurisdiction. And Kirk's like, uh, my jurisdiction is the United Earth Space Probe Agency, which is what they called the Federation back then. Mm-hmm. And, it, and Star Trek, not in Star Trek canon, but in Star Trek production. That's what it was known as back then. Um, he's not going
1: to know what that means. <laughs> right. Come on. Is he trying to just like one up him or, or boast or look you know important because he can throw it in big titles like that
0: you know, right it intimidate sounds the guy a little bit it yeah. sounds more important than uh united states air force yeah exactly
1: Airmen. future air force <laughs> space force
0: <laughs> exactly that's the one <laughs> so at least kirk does explain to him that it was an accident and that they don't have any intentions of doing anything destructive or disruptive in the past it was just an accident yeah I feel like this episode was an accident. But anyway, <laughs> so this guy just meets Spock, no big deal. First alien he's ever met, you know. It's yeah. it's a big he's chuckle kind of Surprised the with the
1: pointy ears? Like what's up with that?
0: Right. Did you notice how uh visible the the seam with the pointed ears were in this episode too? Yeah, I
1: seen that in one other episode. I think it was like maybe the second or third episode. Yeah.
2: Uh but yeah, every once in a while makeup kind of misses an ear, I think. Yeah, it was it was all right. Um,
0: oh so they at that point are trying to discuss what to do with uh the guy that they just what was his name john john something that's a good one yeah. it's, a, it's
1: a common last name
0: yeah john something yeah. <laughs> yeah. so they they have captain it was he was a captain too
1: yeah i should have written it down too i
0: I have it somewhere in my and pages and notes.
1: <laughs> I know. You have oh, so many
0: notes. <laughs> it was John Christopher. That was his name. Ah, uh, there you go. So they're trying to figure out what to do with Captain Christopher. And Spock basically tells Kirk that he knows too much to be able to go back. Because if he yeah. goes back with his knowledge of the future, he can reshape the future. He can biff it, essentially. Yeah. Um, and Kirk responds with that his logic can be most annoying. Which... I found is a very rude way to tell somebody, yeah, you're right. Like just, <laughs> Yeah. It's just like I don't want to hear the right.
1: truth, but I know I know you're right. I just don't want to hear that right now.
0: He can't uh-huh. handle the truth.
1: I, I don't want problems, I want solutions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Kirk's uh Kirk's a great leader, but <laughs> there are times <laughs> like this is like just just talk to the man, man.
1: Right? And they explain that like, well, we could we could try to assimilate him into our people and Get him you know more or less up to speed but he'll be no smarter than a child because you know all of our technology is so much more advanced you know he wouldn't even know how to use a replicator so you know so how do you not you just say what you want <laughs> to, uh, he would never be able to achieve what he could achieve in his own life uh, so they're like well we can't and you know he's got families who's gonna want to just how's he gonna forget uh you know the people that he left behind
0: right yeah yeah that be a little a little hard just, yeah. just a little
1: some reprogramming mind meld it right have they not introduced a mind meld yet i don't remember
0: only kind of it wasn't an actual mind meld but it's- yeah
1: that doctor making robots on his planet
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um so while kirk is trying to figure out what to do he's doing a captain's log i don't know why this was in the episode but the computer <laughs> the voice of the computer. Computed and recorded, dear. In a very <laughs> like sensual voice. Yeah. Why? Because was
1: it was it just this previous episode? Or in one of the episodes, they explained that they stopped at a planet to get some some repairs made, and it was like a primarily female planet or something. That was
0: this episode that he explains it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So the whole episode. That's what it was. Yeah. So the whole episode, she's very like uh, compassionate or feminine computer and very very personable Yeah, affection. There
0: you go. And it's just,
1: it adds just a a funny little touch of humor. I kind of wish they kept it for more episodes. Like that was great.
0: I legitimately thought that Kirk had done that. Like he changed a setting at some point because the joke (laughs) is always that, that kirk's in love with his ship and that mm-hmm. the ship is his love. so i thought that they were taking that to the next level and right. that kirk was going to like quickly try to hide that from spock and the guy and the guy's face uh captain captain christopher his face when he saw or when he heard that he's he made the exact same face i paused <laughs> it i paused the episode and i was like man that face says everything i'm thinking <laughs> right now <laughs> right also i was thinking just
1: now the way we were talking about that is kirk you know could make a personality for the ship like like it has right now and create a persona on the holodeck which they haven't introduced yet but and actually like talk to his ship like spend time with it understand and fall in love with his ship in a holographic representation that would be a whole nother you know depth of you know i don't know going crazy i guess
0: Oh man, I'm glad they didn't <laughs> do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that'd be yeah, that'd be a throwaway episode, I'm sure.
0: But at this point, uh, Kirk tells the pilot that they can't send him back. Uh, but uh, the pilot retorts with the fact that his disappearance from his own time would also cause a disruption in the past. So they're kind of a, it's kind of a catch twenty two. Damned if they do, damned if they don't situation. But yeah, that's when Spock says. Uh, that he checked the computers and shows that there's no relevant contributions made by captain John Christopher. How <laughs> fuck. right?
1: And the look that? on his face too. It's like, Oh, so the world do- literally does not know if I just completely <laughs> disappear. Uh, that's pretty messed up.
0: Yeah. At least we learned later on that it's not necessarily the yeah. case.
1: So um, now Spock is a rookie at doing research, apparently, because he did not look into the lineage and that his Great grandson or something like that did some amazing, you know, technological feat or whatever. So it's like, dude, that, is this your first time? Come on.
0: Well, it's just funny, too, because the last episode that uh, there was a bunch of research that needed to be done for an investigation with mm-hmm. the it was the the, the actor guy. I forget oh, the yeah. Episode that it was. Uh-huh. But Kirk immediately Kirk had his suspicions that the actor was the the, the killer guy the 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 governor of a planet that massacred its his population. Spock like looked into it was like, "Yep, yeah, that's him. I don't need to do the research. That that's him." Yeah. <laughs> so, his inconsistencies are quite consistent at least.
1: Gosh, I I'm trying to remember the actor's name too. It's going to drive me nuts.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm so true. bad at
1: star trek
0: <laughs> somebody's yelling it, like stephanie's yelling it right. into her Every,
1: everybody so when i listen to other podcasts even when i listen to some of ours yeah and i'm hearing things that we don't remember or if you know frank's talking about a video game he doesn't remember a character or whatever i'm just like yeah. god i wish i was there and i could just
0: tell yeah. them i'd uh, be <laughs> i'd be lying if i didn't say that about the last episode of track because yeah. i was right. talking to my i was yeah i was yelling at my truck this morning on my phone <laughs> i was listening to it right <laughs> So there's a whole lot of nothing that happens in a bunch of these sequences. They figure out that uh, they need to go back to the back to the planet. I was going to say back to the planet. They need to go down to Earth. They need to go to the Air Force base and try to get mm-hmm. all of the uh, all of the evidence that the Enterprise was ever there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another plot hole that I'm probably going to get to a little bit later. Okay, I'm going to get to it right now. i got to talk it, about it. Do it. So do it. <laughs> why, if they were just going to go, if they figured out that they could bring this guy back, mm-hmm. what was the point in having them destroy all the evidence if they could just go back a little further and then not ever be there to begin with, the need to destroy the evidence? Like, just they, not get spotted in the first place.
1: Because when they go back in time, they're still there, but they... They plant him back instead of being in a jet, you know, pursuing them. He's planted back in the base somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, but couldn't they have just gone back to like before that and just not have been and then like immediately fly away or something? Yeah,
1: go back before they did that slingshot maneuver and say, hey, that's a bad idea.
0: (laughs) I guess they couldn't go back then because that would be back in time, not back in their past, which you can't Mm -hmm. travel... Their past was in the future.
1: Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) So, I would love to do a deep dive on time travel and compare all the different forms. To me, time travel can be done a million different ways and it all depends on your machine or method of time travel. So, Back to the Future works one way and then like the, you know, uh, MCU time travel works another way. There's some time travel where when you go back in your past, you're really just bringing the past to the future, a copy of the past, you know. It it all just depends on what you're using to time travel and what, you know, universe or whatever you're doing it in.
0: And then there's the Star Trek method where it all just works out after an hour.
1: Yeah. It's all just kind of a reset. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's magical um, time travel.
0: I, I think that's more why I, di- why I dislike this episode is because of how just convenient and magic everything, everything turns out.
1: Yeah. It was a little bit clunky for sure. The way it ho- it, it kind of got shoehorned together, I think. I yeah. did like the, the, I always like different sets. I get tired of being on the ship, even though the ship's great, but it's pretty, you know, simple. Uh, and though these sets on the air force base were also very simple, very, you know, cardboard box rooms. Uh, it was cool to see them in different sets and, you know, different, different, uh, uniforms and stuff like that. Just kind of, I like when they, when, especially when they do it like on, uh, alien planets, especially, uh, but yeah, I like the, the stuff off the ship.
0: So, it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually uh, noticed that the first corridor that they're in just looks like a repainted Enterprise corridor. Yeah. It just had a drinking fountain and like a pegboard or like a something.
1: But it didn't have the like triangle archways, right?
0: No, it it had like just like regular frames underneath the ceiling.
1: Yeah. I think it's just because they're both like very cardboard box (laughs) corridors, very simple, very plain, but. Yeah, low budget, low, low-tech back then.
0: So it was Sulu and Kirk that beamed down originally to the planet, yes. and while and, Sulu and Kirk are on the planet looking for the evidence, uh, McCoy and Spock are waiting in the transporter room, and Sp- McCoy is getting impatient, saying they should have been back by now. Uh, and uh, Spock uh, Spock says something like talks about how Bones is being too impatient. And Bones retorts to him, "Shouldn't you be working on your time work calculations, Mister Spock?" And Spock gave the best, like, the best Spock retort I've I've heard in a while. He just like raises one eyebrow and said, "I am." Yeah. <laughs> I that was
1: great. I and he goes back to that kind of stone face, and you're like, "Oh shit, he's so smart." He's just sitting there doing calculations in his head right. while you know Bones is pacing back and forth, waiting for something. It's like, "Use your brain power, Bones. You could be thinking about something too." <laughs>
0: I can't even like count on my fingers while I'm having a conversation with another person. Spot can do time warp calculations (laughs) in his head while he's noticing Bones walking back and forth and talking to him.
1: Right. I mean, I can't talk and read at the same time. A lot of people can. And it makes it hard to do like a podcast when I'm trying to read notes and talk about something. I have to just talk based on what I remember because reading and talking, it's like walking and tying your shoes at the same time for me. (laughs) It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I need a better way of doing my own notes because I keep getting, <laughs> getting lost until it's like, oh yeah, that one part when Spock said that awesome thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I like oh, it. Like it. Uh, Kirk and Sulu end up getting spotted and uh, I-, I thought this scene was okay, how Kirk shuts the door so that Sulu doesn't get captured. Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. right then? Yeah, I think it was right then. And uh, so Sulu doesn't get captured and he ends up fighting these guys off by himself before ending up getting captured.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What did you think of that fight scene? It was a pretty decent it, one for a hand-to-hand fight scene, right? Yeah,
1: not bad. I mean, these guys have guns, but didn't he? I think he disarmed both of them uh, with you know, like with his fighting with his karate or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for their choreographed fight scenes, it was definitely pretty good. Uh, you know, better than him fighting the Gorn. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That was a great episode. People give it too much, you know, grief. But, uh, but yeah, this was a little better, and it's close quarters, which. I think typically looks better in hand-to-hand, you know,
2: kind of low budget fight scenes anyways. Right. Um, So that was kind of nice.
0: This next part, Kirk, uh, Kirk, uh, he's, Kirk's trying to explain his way out of a situation after getting, getting captured or getting taken by a guy. And the Mm guy grabs his comm unit and basically just trying to investigate what is this and accidentally hits an emergency button. So, obviously, being on the ship, Spock gives the order to beam them up. And, yeah. of course, they lock onto the comm badge or the comm signal. It's the guy. So, they have a, now a second United States Air Force airman aboard the Enterprise. Just <laughs> doubling the trouble that they're in.
2: Yeah.
0: And leaving Kirk to be able. Oh, I, I got. did I get those scenes mixed up? Was I a little ahead of myself there? Uh, this, yeah, the two guys point, come
1: later. I think it was right. just the one guy first. It holds them up. Yeah.
0: He, okay, yeah, so they basically got spotted twice yeah. and fought him off the second time. The first yeah. time they beamed the guy up to the ship on an accident, yeah. the second time Kirk fights the guys off.
1: I, so I like it. It's funny and kind of cheesy and it, I don't know, it, it's all around pretty good scene when they beam the guy up and he's just like frozen. He's like, what the heck? So I, I just <laughs> I just went through like I'm somewhere else. I'm in probably hell or a different dimension. Did I die? But he's still holding his gun and he's right. just frozen. And then Bones just goes up there. I think it was Bones, and gently takes the gun out of his hand. And the guy's just looking around, like like trying not to move. It was just, it was funny. All the like acting and everything. It was good.
0: It was funny that uh, John Christopher was able to like acclimate a lot quicker to yeah. the new surroundings than this other guy was. It was a little dopey. It was a little corny. But yeah, it was it was it was pretty funny with this guy. Like you said, Bones grabbed the gun. I think he grabbed the communicator from him too. And the guy's still standing there on the transporter pad as if he's (laughs) holding both.
1: right, kind of hunched over and
0: everything. Yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: Though John Uh, Christopher being a pilot, uh, I know they'd they'd mentioned UFOs at one, like they'd seen them before. And this one, obviously, he specifically saw the Enterprise when he was in pursuit. So maybe just that little bit of, you know, I just saw an alien ship of some sort was all he needed to get comfortable with it enough to not be in shock, you know, when he got beamed aboard. This You'd guy has no guy would, idea.
0: well That's the thing though. You'd think that he would know something about it being on the base when it happened, but it I guess it depends. There could be thousands of people on that base.
1: And he did just find uh, you know, intruders or spies or something like that in weird costumes. So I wouldn't assume they're aliens. I would assume they're foreigners or, you know, trying to invade, but um uh, but yeah, he, he could have been a little more prepared, probably, not just who catatonic. Right. <laughs> Maybe he must have forgotten his training.
0: <laughs> oh yeah so after that uh after that fight scene kirk does actually get captured the second time yeah. um and sulu beams away so there's a uh rescue away mission that gets planned and mm-hmm. so it, john goes with the rescue crew because he can point out where they're holding kirk is yeah what's That's going what on they
1: needed him to be the navigator in there
0: right why didn't he put his united states air force uniform back on. Why was he wearing a Starfleet uniform at the time? Like couldn't he blend in if he was just wearing his old uniform?
1: Yeah, I I didn't get that either. I was the only thing I could think of, I mean, it might have been a time factor. Maybe they're just in a hurry and whatever it takes too long to change. Or the um uh, Starfleet, you know, the the Enterprise crew won't recognize him if he's just in a regular military uniform because, you know, all white people look the same and he'll, <laughs> he'll just blend in. I don't know. Um because he's not one of, you know, their crewmen that they see every day. So, that's the only thing I think of, is if he puts on one of their uniforms, maybe they're nervous that he'll just kind of walk into a the mess hall and kind of hide with everybody and then they really can't catch him. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, it, it just seems <laughs> stupid to me that they could have, if they were going to utilize him on this rescue mission, they could have utilized him a lot better by having him blend in and not like... The first person that saw him was like, Hey, you're not wearing a, one of our uniforms. Who are you? And then led yeah. to a fight. It was-
1: I mean, to get really picky about it, their technology, they could see, they could make a, a model, a 3D holographic model or whatever of the entire base. And the guy I could think point he used out ex-
0: paper for that too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, they could, they could, uh, he could show them exactly where it is and they could just beam out the, file cabinet or computer that has the data in it Yeah, they don't even have to beam anybody down their transporters can lock onto you know a small space if they had to
0: right and we've seen it before where they beam up like supplies and stuff there's no calm signal on the supplies that i'm aware of where they just beam stuff up they beamed up that unicorn dog that one time
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah i mean john
0: when he got beamed up uh, didn't have uh, didn't have a calm signal on him either. Yeah,
1: just life so, signs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Another hole. We'll have to uh, try to think ahead, to fill that in. I don't know.
0: Right. Uh, they they rescue Kirk pretty quickly, and of course, John, as they're about to beam up, says, "Oh, I'm not beaming up with you," and holds a gun, to, uh, like points a gun at Kirk, and that's when Spock does the the Vulcan nerve pinch. Yes, <laughs> takes him takes him out, uh, and they all beam back to do up. That. That scene right there just seems so unnecessary with John saying, I'm not gonna go back up, and then it's like all of a sudden he's back up. And then when they're back on the ship, he's talking to them again in the conference room like it's no big deal. Like, oh, I didn't just turn on you or anything. I didn't just point a gun at you. I'm in I'm part of the crew too. Yeah. I'm just back with you.
1: And it seems like he would put up more resistance, really. Like like him trying to turn on them. I think as soon as he got beamed down, he would have tried to turn on them. And right, then yeah. they would have leverage
0: sh- being able to rescue Kirk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like a little too convenient, like you said before. I right. I, I agree. You're of- <laughs> you're swaying me the more we analyze this, how <laughs> too convenient this story oh, full of holes fall- kind of
0: fits together. <laughs> don't fall to the dark side. It's, right. it's evil here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of too convenient, this is when Spock decides that that they can just reverse the circumstances that sent them to the past to go back to the future.
1: Yeah, and so... That science has already kind of got plenty of holes in it. But like you're saying, it's just a little too easy that we can, mm-hmm. you know, warp towards the sun and the gravity and, you know, turn it around and stuff like that. I like technobabble. Please confuse me with a bunch of very high-tech words and the trans warp coabulator has to be turned <laughs> up to seven. And then,
0: you know, Need one flush, flush it, one gigawatts. Yeah. Flush it with
1: plasma. And then boom, we're,
0: we're the surfing polarity. on space time. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's but. it's just it was a mess. And it, I think you would very, very much like Stargate SG one. Like, yeah. that's the show for you. They explain everything with techno babble nonsense. Yeah, I do the best. they almost make it sound like it makes sense. Yeah. Like even so- their time travel, too.
1: That's the best thing is they have to like Voyager did a pretty good job at it, I think, of piecing together the techno babble in a structure to where when they say something works one way, later on it works that way until they tweak it and they found a solution that changes how it works. But for the most part, it's all, you know, consistent.
0: 90s sci fi was great with that. They're like, they did, they had some of the cheesiness from like 60s, 70s, and 80s sci fi. Mm. But the techno babble that explains it was, I think, what really brought sci-fi forward to make it so it all made sense and was at least somewhat logical
1: exactly uh
0: when they come up with the plan to reverse what happened to go back to the future
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, obviously captain christopher is like well what's going to happen to me and the guy that by that point wasn't frozen was eating some chicken noodle, some chicken <laughs> yeah. soup hot from the replicator
1: yeah um and was that the first time we saw the replicator make like a, a complex food not just i think cubes? so i, I think, think so that was. I was like, and, okay, that's, that's cool. Now they got legitimate replicators and they're not just serving up tofu.
0: Right. It, or whatever the the, the blocks were. Right? Yeah. Colored, colored tofu, I guess. <laughs> um, and so Spock says, oh, before we go forward in time, we'll be shot back in time first yeah. uh, a little bit. And then we can beam you guys down to where and when you came from.
1: Though, also, while they're doing all this beaming down, they're really close to the sun, right? Like, far from Earth? How far away can they beam people? Like, that's that seems a bit sketchy.
0: We're going to hurdle ourselves even.
1: towards the sun, and we're going to send you from our ship back to that planet over there, and then we're going to swing around and come back. Ah.
0: I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking of the, the, the whole t- transporting someone back to when and where they came from, because... Correct me if I'm wrong, but these guys looked like they didn't have their memories when they got b- brought back to where they were. Like,
1: true. Yeah. He's
0: like, at first, I I kind of just thought of it away. Like, the captain was like, I don't see anything. I thought he was just playing it up, like he didn't see anything. But then the next guy, when they show him beaming down, the the frozen dude, mm-hmm. uh, they show him like still looking in the room to see if anything was there, and he looked perplexed and then walked away. It looked like they forgot. Like, instead of the people that were on the ship getting transported back to the planet with memories of this, they somehow infused the two versions of themselves using a transporter, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. (laughs) Well...
1: The way transporters work too, they could have just made Don't us think Vix that. Don't too fix me. Don't too fix me on this one. No, they could just be stored in the pattern buffers, and we wouldn't know. They just got absorbed into the transporters as spare data and our spare uh, matter.
0: So my first thought was that the the newer versions of these guys who had lived on the Enterprise for the last little bit just totally like telefragged their past selves, essentially. Like they killed their past selves in order to take their places. Because the, the way they transported down, it was like first one version was there, the next tr- was there over it, and just yeah. overrode it. But then I'm starting to think that it was no, this guy just no longer exists in the future, past, future. What
2: <laughs>
1: I don't even know what's what <laughs> <one> anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I get what you're saying though that their time travel it didn't make sense, at least based on anything we've we're used to, because there's a person there. And he's going to be there until he hops in for, for, uh, Captain Christopher, he's there and he's going to be there until he hops in a jet plane, flies towards the Enterprise, gets beamed onto their ship. So we're trying to stop that beaming on the ship part, but they put him back at the base. So for a certain period of time, there's going to be two versions of him or they're going to kill one and put one there. And so for that period of time, you know, a guy is murdered. (laughs) So I I don't know. It's kind of complicated.
0: I think in the logic of the episode, when they got transported back, they had the memories that they had originally from when they were at that point in time. Yeah. that's. So, but by way, that logic, the Enterprise crew would have zero memory because they weren't born back then. They weren't alive back then. So they, by that, lo- it just makes no yeah. sense. The so time the way, travel of this episode makes no sense.
1: When I watched it, the way I, I thought of them when they returned was that they still had their memories of the whole event of what happened everything. But because they were back in their time from before that stuff happened, it was like, oh crap, tomorrow I'm going to hop in a jet plane and and find this alien ship. But there's no alien ship that that comes or, you know, the circumstances don't happen. So to them, it was just like, oh, I had a weird dream or a daydream or something like that. I'm just, you know, if I tell somebody I'm going to look like a loony, so I'm just going to pretend I didn't see any of that.
0: I mean, that's probably what they were... Going for i mean I think they even said that in the episode, but just the way they were acting after they got transported back said otherwise yeah. and that 's <laughs> why I was so confused and that 's why I hate this episode so much <laughs> there's no consistency all right, uh, that's all I 've got for the the analysis like the the scene by scene stuff, except for the fact that the computer is still a sexy computer by the end oh, of the episode that's
1: they didn't change that, huh they didn't no. do anything I, I wonder if I don't I watched the next episode already too. I think I don't remember if the, if the computer is still. Oh, I on I doubt
0: that, that it's. I, I, I'm guessing it would have changed back.
1: Uh, I hope they keep by the
0: next episode.
1: Or they better at least reference that. Oh yeah, we just got our computer repaired. <laughs> but <laughs> don't leave me not knowing what's going on. Come on, <laughs> God, come on, Star Trek. Uh, right. So yeah, now that you explain it, you you make it sound like a worse episode. I liked the you know being on the base and a little bit of time travel stuff and trying to you know preserve life. Uh, but I get there was plenty of plot holes in the writing. It just wasn't wasn't a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So for for my moral of the story and everything, I I don't even have much of a moral for the story. I I'll read to you my synopsis of the episode or my <laughs> uh my final thoughts. Okay. That this episode was bad. Kirk acted like everything was just fine. There were no consequences for anything that happened. Two Air Force dudes just go back and everything is fine. Spock can reverse all the wibbly, wobbly, wobbly timey, wimey stuff that happened, and they're back where they started. Time travel makes no sense. There were no real stakes. Character motivations were lacking, and it just sucked. Moral of the story, they needed an episode with a lower budget. I give it <laughs> a D.
1: Dang. Okay, okay. Though yeah. I don't think it had a low budget. I mean, they had, uh, like you're saying, maybe that was B footage of all the, the fighter
0: That was death. definitely stock footage that yeah. somebody sent to them for be able to use. maybe it cost them money to be able to use it i don't know yeah i'm guessing I mean, it had to have
1: even all the scenes of of uh captain christopher in the jet flying towards the enterprise like that wasn't stock that was all they had to use a jet and cameras and stuff and then they, they made, could have made the a sets. cardboard
0: jet scene like <laughs> yeah put him in and so yeah there weren't that many sets and everything that was a set seemed like it could have been practical like filing cabinets and cork boards and Drinking True. fountains, stuff that they all that they would have already had access to on the CBS or NBC lot, wherever they were at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'd chalk most of this up to poor writing.
0: <laughs> it definitely I, wasn't like terrible acting. I liked the acting in the episode.
1: Yeah, and I liked the the computer, the emotional computer.
0: <laughs> that was a fun little uh, distraction from the from the rest of the episode for me.
1: Yeah, my moral from this was just don't mess with time travel. Like, I don't think they understood time travel. I don't know how they accidentally went through it and didn't know what they were doing. Uh, But apparently, at least at this time in Star Trek, time travel should just be completely off the table.
0: Yeah, we'll see the the original series crew go back to time travel. Um, Maybe not in the same sense, but I think the closest they get to this again is in the fourth movie.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, the, The Voyage Home they go back in time to save the whales and they oh, yeah. use the same principles of time travel that they do in this episode, but make it make a little more sense, but mm-hmm. still not entirely. But at least that movie is a lot of fun. This so, wasn't as fun to me.
1: At that point, then, if they have actually tested and proven that this, this form of you know traveling towards the sun can effectively time travel, you'd think somebody in Starfleet would be developing like a, a solar time cannon or something like that where it's near a sun and it's a portal or something like that and you, f- you fly through it, it's a controlled time machine that you could be sending your ships back in time to you know, win a war you lost or whatever, I don't know, space you
0: stuff. See, <laughs> I've always thought the same thing about not only time travel but in Deep Space Nine they seem to be able to go to and from the mirror universe, yeah, like at will. Yeah. and I think they do the same thing somewhat in discovery as well it's the time travel and the mirror universe travel is just very inconsistent
2: yeah
1: and maybe but it's it's fun the federation's like you know you guys dabble in that kind of stuff but we don't want to get mixed in with that as a whole because it's too risky if a single ship goes missing in time okay whatever but if we start playing around with it too much we might you know poke the board 600 years in the future or something like that (laughs) which
0: Oh, that just opens up another can of worms with uh, like temporal affairs or whatever they call it Mm -hmm. with the temporal prime directive. And then Q messing everything up in the first episode of uh, the next generation. Why didn't the temporal temporal affairs guys get involved with that? Oh, you weren't supposed to meet the Borg. Now you're supposed to meet them in 300 years.
1: (laughs) Right. And you can't say they weren't formed yet because whenever they're formed, then they're formed forever. Right. Because they work through time.
0: Yeah, it, time travel. I've, I, it was until Marvel that I hated most time travel. I think yeah. almost every single time that I've watched something with time travel, it's been pretty bad. Or I, I nitpick it to death is what I think the problem really is. It's me. It's not them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. I promise.
1: At some point, I'm, I mean, far down the road when we're through a few different series, it'd be cool to go back and do like a top five time travel episode. Yeah, top five specific sure. stuff.
0: That'd be cool. Oh yeah, I'd love that top five uh, mirror universe when there yeah. are enough, when there's more than five mirror universe episodes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what what did you give this episode?
1: Uh, I give it a solid C, though. Hearing the, hearing you explain it makes it sound a little worse, but I'll stick with a C. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't totally suck you into the dark side on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the the story was clumsy. Like I knew that from the beginning. Um, I just I don't know. In my head, watching it, it seemed to kind of have a, a a single thread and make some sense but now that we're going back and reviewing it I'm like oh well yeah that, that didn't make as much sense as I did when I was just blindly watching it
0: <laughs> I will say to the point where I say there's no consequences for anything they didn't know at the time that there were no consequences mm-hmm. so in their mind they had to steal the evidence I get that they didn't know that they didn't have to steal the evidence but yeah. it's, it's just it just falls apart so it falls flat on its face so hard at the end of the episode that like, none of it had to happen and essentially didn't happen.
1: They just wanted a sneaky spy episode. <laughs> I guess so. So it was. They had some some B footage, some stock footage they wanted to use. Like, hey, we got this guy that wants to play a pilot. Let's just let's make it happen. <laughs> He'll let us Man. borrow his jet on the weekend.
0: I, I'm probably more down on this episode than it deserves. But
1: yeah, <laughs> No, I get you. There's some out there every once in a while. We're going to find ones that we're just not super stoked about, but that's all right. That'll make us appreciate the really crisp ones that much more.
0: And I'm glad that we have differing opinions on them too. Yeah. Like you like (laughs) this one. I'm sure Frank's because every episode that I'm sure he talked to you about this, every episode (laughs) that I, uh, that I love, he hates and vice versa. So (laughs) I'm sure he'll love this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's it for, for us this week. Next week we are talking about season one, episode 20 court martial which I'm hoping is going to be a good episode. And I don't have to take notes on it, so it's going to be even better.
1: (laughs) Even better, right? Uh, If you guys Uh, like this, please uh, follow us uh, on TikTok, on (laughs) Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's the one. Uh, Check us out on geekfreakspodcast.com. And send us your questions. If you guys have a question you want us to read at the beginning of the episode, we'll read your question. um, Or just send us questions about our podcast and how we do what we do. We'd love to chat with you guys.
0: Be awesome. Be awesome like Stephanie. Support us on Patreon there you go Uh, yeah yeah uh, the support we get on patreon is what makes us be able to continue doing this and be able to keep doing it in the future so yeah join us there and until next time i don't know how that sounded but (laughs) transporter room to the beam up